0: feel like i'm having a cow cuddling session now this is that music you listen to when you're trying to relax you're trying to erase all the stresses of the day I'm trying to think of our resolution for 2024 i think as we grow older our resolutions become maybe more realistic You know, the people who say, I got to lose 50 pounds. Well, you know, that's not going to last very long. You always have to make these small incremental changes. But a few years back, I started hearing more about mindfulness, trying to be in the moment. If you know me, you will know that my brain doesn't stop. And so I, I recognize the benefits of being mindful in the moment. But it's always talking about like you, me, my mindfulness. My next guest is saying maybe we've got to broaden that view. Instead of the the self-centered mindfulness, maybe we have to include those around us, our children, our loved ones. Hallie Kill is assistant professor of psychology, Simon Fraser University. Joining us today, Professor Kill, thanks so much for your time. Hi, good afternoon. I hope the music puts you in the right frame of mind. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) If no one has heard about mindfulness, what is it, Hallie?
1: Um, Well, most people think mindfulness is being attentive to right now, Mm. this moment right here. But what we know from psychology research is that it actually involves two things. So the first thing is that mindful attention to the present moment. And the second is trying to be not judgmental in our experiences when we have bad memories or feel guilty or feel sad, not judging ourselves for having those emotions and really just accepting them for what they are.
0: What are the benefits of it?
1: Well, this attentive, non-judgmental sort of mindfulness has been shown to be better for depression symptoms and the release of, of stress. Relieving anxiety, um, as well as better empathy, so showing um, more positive emotions to others. Um, So obviously, there's been a lot of research on this topic, and it sounds like this kind of self-focused mindfulness might be a good thing, according to some researchers and clinical psychologists as well.
0: According to research, so do do I have to really work at this then? Because as I mentioned, I'd love to be more mindful, but I sometimes think that I can't settle my mind down enough to be mindful it it, does it take quite a bit of practice
1: well actually for some people they seem to just generally have a trait like like almost like a personality tendency to be more mindful and that's what we call trait mindfulness, people who just have a disposition or character of being mindful. For for those people, probably not as much of an effort is needed. But for most of us, yes, absolutely. We really do need to try to keep our mind on what's going on right now and also try not, not to judge ourselves badly for feeling bad emotions and, and kind of rethinking and regurgitating bad things that happen to our day. So definitely does require effort for most of us.
0: And we're still talking about that that self centered mindfulness thinking about ourselves and no more judgment of some of the past behaviors or what has happened to us
1: that's right yeah self-focused mindfulness very much focusing on our own experience our own attention and emotion you wrote a great
0: column along with nathaniel johnson in the conversation.com where you also looked at research and studies testing mindful programs for incarcerated adults what did they find
1: so What we see in that research is that uh, individuals who are incarcerated, and and a lot of them were men in these studies, they seem to show little um, feeling of being responsible, feelings of responsibility um, for their criminal behaviour. They seem to show less sensitivity to the fact that their criminal behaviour had consequences for other people as well as general society. Um, They seem not to have this um, feeling of reparation. They don't really want to reduce um, Future criminal acts just because they're being trained on mindfulness either so we do see that self-focused mindfulness might not have the kind of intended effect that we would have wanted um, in particular in, in criminal settings
0: so that's the self-focused mindfulness now to get really complicated you're saying that it could change if you're looking at more of a, an interpersonal mindfulness how does that work
1: Yeah, so what we're calling here interpersonal mindfulness is really turning that attention regulation as well as not judging, not just to oneself, but to other people. So that might include, for example, your partners or kids. So whenever you're interacting with somebody, if you can not just try to be attentive to how you're feeling and not judging yourself or essentially being more compassionate to yourself, but also to other people. So the person you're interacting with, trying to think about what they might be feeling, trying to understand why they might have these kinds of negative experiences, that might be especially helpful. Um, and so what we see with, with research with partners, so romantic partners, as well as kids and families, um, shows that this interpersonal mindfulness might have really positive implications for your, your, your family. So going back to the studies on
0: the incarcerated people, do you think that if they really focused on more of interpersonal, which is maybe difficult in an incarcerated situation, But, you know, because it's unfortunate that you can talk about mindfulness for those studies that didn't have a lot of benefits. But to me, if it's more interpersonal, they might have more empathy for maybe other people in their life, other people that they've harmed.
1: Yes. Absolutely. So if there is a focus on what we call loving kindness, or in the Buddhist sense, metta, um, then there is this compassion towards others. And it's not specific people, but towards all living things. So if we can be loving and generous and kind towards how we think about other people it could help these incarcerated individuals and what we see from some other recently published research is that when people just focus on self-focused mindfulness they are less likely to feel guilt or want to apologize when they've acted in a way that hurts other people's feelings but if you practice this loving-kindness mindfulness, then they are more likely to feel guilty and want to make amends for their their bad behavior.
0: I don't want to focus on the incarcerated studies as much as I want to focus on people listening that they can apply it to their families and their loved ones. Mm. And I'm sure some people, Hallie, say, oh, mindfulness, how is that going to work with my relationship with my kids when they're misbehaving? But, But just give me something practical that parents or even grandparents can think of as they're dealing with relationships in their lives?
1: Yeah, so with parents or grandparents um, interacting with kids, you know, there's a lot of times with kids that it's we fall into automatic habits. And if we're stressed out, there's no way to respond in a, in a really present focused way. But there's three key ways that um, parents or grandparents or family members in general could use with kids. First, accepting yourself and your child. So not judging yourself or your child extending compassion to both how you're feeling in that situation, as well as why your kid might be acting a particular way. The second would be to listen to your child with full attention, and this is the present focused attention part of mindfulness. Because if you can really listen to your child with full attention, you can read between the lines sometimes of what they're telling you and actually identify what it is or, or why, why they are feeling upset or what it is that might may be making them feel upset. And the third and final tip I would have is to keep aware of your own emotion as well as your child. So being aware of how we're feeling internally can help identify what's wrong in that specific moment so you can curb any sort of outlashes that you might have from anger or frustration. And in that way, you're able to also address how your child is feeling a lot better because you are actually able to see the little nuances in their facial expressions or their body language. So those three are the main tips that I have have for parents and using mindfulness. And I
0: know some people are saying, oh, this is all feely, good stuff. But <laughs> I think just to have the conversation and put it in people's minds is important as well. Hallie, thanks so much for this. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. You can read it all in theconversation.com. Hallie Kill, Assistant Professor of Psychology. Simon Fraser, University. And even when she laid out those three, uh, th- that second one, about full attention, and it almost goes back to our distracted driving and the fact that we are so glued to our phones. That's the big thing, I think, whether you're a parent or a grandparent. <laughs> making sure that that child has your full attention. I know it's not always very easy when you've got to make sure you're checking your Facebook.